0: Warning, the Dub Talk podcast contains language and content that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Also, there will be a lot of spoilers in today's episode, so be very careful if there is a series or film you haven't finished yet. And as always, the opinions expressed are those of the individual participants and do not reflect Dub Talk as a whole. What? Did you really think Digimon was our last movie of the summer? HA! Joke's on you, we have one more! And you want to know something else? I'm not actually Stephanie. It's me, the master of manliness himself, Spaceman Hardy. Bet you can tell the difference, huh? I don't blame you, though, since I have such feminine wiles.
1: Aha! So that explains why my phone was full of goat pictures and Final Fantasy hentai. I was wondering who was writing all these bad puns and dad jokes on my face, and why my ringtone had changed to sexy back. I swear to God, Hardy, as soon as I figure out how to get Switch back, I'm going to end you!
0: Uh, shoot, um looks like I'm busted. Uh, time to get while well, the getting is good. Enjoy the show everyone! Welcome one and all to Summer at the Movies with the Dub Talk Podcast. All summer long we have been playing Sisko and Eber as the crew has fought zombies, become pirates and have revisited our childhood a couple of times but as the summer comes to an end and the leaves begin to change we're ending our special series the biggest and best way we know how with the OG crew I'm Stephanie he is Hardy and she is Megan
2: are you sure about that
0: I don't feel like Megan
2: Uh, what do you feel like are you sick I don't know
1: I just can't stop touching my own boobies They feel so natural.
0: So real. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Now, when I say we're gonna end our summer at the movies the biggest way we know how, what do you think I mean by that?
2: We're gonna go to Japan. (laughs) We're gonna get married under the Gundam. (laughs) We're gonna we're gonna tear up a wedding, a tear up a birthday invite in front of a girl that likes us. Oh no. (laughs) Um, Are we talking about Boku no Pico the movie? Thankfully, no. God damn um, it. I had my cast predictions
0: and everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to actually be talking about the biggest grossing anime film of 2016 from Japan, and one that was submitted for the award circuit, but unfortunately didn't even get nominated, which is well, a crying shame. We'll get back to that Yeah, which is a crying shame. We're actually going to be talking about Makoto Shinkai's Your Name.
2: Ooh. Uh, it's Megan.
0: Yes. <laughs> I didn't ask what your name was. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. My name is Megan. Oh, goddammit. If you have not heard of this film, here is a quick little summary from the Funimation Films website. The day the stars fell, two lives changed forever. High schoolers Mitsuha and Taki are complete strangers living separate lives, but one night they suddenly switch places. Mitsuha wakes up in Taki's body and he in hers. This bizarre occurrence continues to happen randomly, and the two must adjust their lives around each other. Yet, somehow, it works. They build a connection and communicate by leaving notes, messages, and more importantly, an imprint. When a dazzling comet lights up the night sky, it dawns on them. They want something more from this connection, a chance to meet, an opportunity to truly know each other. Tugging at the string of fate, they try to find a way to each other. But distance isn't the only thing keeping them apart. Is their bond strong enough to face the cruel irony of time? Or is their meeting nothing more than a wish upon the stars? Now, what we're going to be doing, we're going to be chatting about the casting of the film and give our review of the English dub for the film, which means since this is a dub review, there are going to be spoilers present throughout the entire course of it. So if you have not seen the film Your Name, please go see the movie and come back later. Okay. We
2: hope, seriously, at this point, The video is on, it is out on DVD, we highly don't think it's likely, but please seriously do not watch this video unless you've seen the movie. Because I'm pretty sure we're
0: spoiling all of it.
1: Yeah, it's, this is gonna be Spoiler City, so cover thine ears.
0: Yeah, and Megan actually just brings me to my, brought me to my second point. So just as a heads up, throughout the course of Summer of the Movies, the episodes were recorded at different times. For your name in particular, we decided to record this on the weekend of the theatrical run in April. Yeah. I'm not joking. I just got back from seeing it a few hours ago. I yeah, drove two hours!
1: Yeah, I saw it opening night, actually. So, we all you watched had
2: your
0: theater
1: it. You uh, back? It was a handful of people. It wasn't too crowded. You no. actually
0: had a, fil- a Funimation film go to Memphis. My God. Yes. It's happening. It's happened. So,
1: yes. Yeah, so, this
0: may. So this is the last episode for our movie special, but it- this ended up being the first one we recorded.
1: Yeah. So, it's fresh so- in our minds.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. So, pardon us if we may seem a little out of date with references or information since we recorded today's episode again in April for an end of August release. So, obviously, if there's information that may have come up in the months since we recorded this episode, obviously, we would not know that. So, we apologize if there might be something that came up and we weren't, unfortunately, able to cover it. Okay. So, long-winded opening is done. So, why don't we just dive right into this, okay?
1: Right. Dive into it like a comment on a...
0: On a, a sweet autumn
1: <laughs> Yes. Into a Japanese village. Oh, my God. Yes. Anywho... So, Heavy-handed joke.
2: <laughs> By so the way, gonna, you guys can't see it, but our Skype group is literally... For this episode, it's called uh, Watch Out for the Meteor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, thank you for that, Megan. Um, so, things are going to f- go a little bit differently. We're actually going to be saving staffing. So, director and scriptwriter, we're going to be saving that for last. Um, and with good reason. So, we're just going to dive right into the casting itself. So, everything... Everything is in pairs or trios, so... There's no individuals here. Um, The first two characters we're gonna be talking about um, are Mitsuha's, uh, are a couple of Mitsuha's family members. So we have Yotsuha Miyamizu, uh, who is the little sister, and Hitoha Miyamizu, who is their grandmother. Uh, So kind of, again, little sister, grandmother. Um, The grandmother is in charge of the local shrine. Um, in their little their little town, um, and she kind of and Mitsuha and her sister kind of help her out a little bit, because um, family troubles are a thing that happen. Uh, so we didn't actually make any predictions at all, because this film was not released beforehand, so we we also be able kind, to kind of took
1: it. the we also kind of took the approach. I personally took the approach of going in as blind as I possibly could. I Same. didn't watch any dub trailers or really any trailers at all. I had no idea what, what it was about. And so that's that's the approach I took. So, yeah, don't look for uh, predictions from any of us.
0: Yeah, I only saw maybe the, I don't think I only saw the trailer. That was it.
2: I think I saw one dub trailer. But uh, now that I think about it, it only kind of gives away the voices of the two lead.
0: Yeah, honestly. So um, going into casting-wise, uh, Yotsuha Miyamizu is voiced by Miss Katie Harvey. Uh, Hitoha Miyamizu is voiced by... Oh, God. What's that name? Gil, Glynnis Ellis? Glenneth Ellis. Glynnis Ellis. I apologize for butchering your name, ma'am.
1: Yeah. Um, it, it kind of sounds like you have a lift when you say it.
0: You sound like the kid from Stranger Things. I'm going to refer to her as Miss Ellis. Yes. Miss Ellis. Mm-hmm. Um, role, other roles you might have heard them in, both of them, actually, this is their first anime that they voiced in. Miss mm-hmm. uh, Ellis, uh, I did try to see if I could find any other information about those two, though. Uh, Miss Ellis, I could not find really anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but Katie Harvey, she is actually primarily a stage actor. Mm-hmm. And she's done a lot of productions in New York and on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, she is she is a little girl. She is an actual little girl, not We're, an adult. Oh, yeah, wow. Ch- I did not know that. She's,
1: she's a childhood actress. Adult. Yeah.
0: Yes, that is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so, c- like, cause I looked at some of her credits on Backstage, and um, she was Annie and Annie Junior, and she was also a young Cosette for like, Les Mis at one point. Oh wow! Oh, God. Yep. So she's no yep. suffering. Yeah, mm-hmm. she, yes. Um but anyway, how do we feel about these two performances?
2: I will say this uh for Yotz Yotsuha, uh, if you can give me her name again, I'm so sorry. Katie Harvey? Uh I actually just thought that was Laura Woodhall, or under a pseudonym for a really long time. No. Yeah. She kind of gave me that same vibe though. Kind of, yeah. A little bit. Like I really, and also B, I really liked her because she did a really good job in the movie as the sister. Who, Mm -hmm. full disclosure, my mom went with me on my two-hour journey to see the dub. Because there was one theater in all of Central Florida playing it. Nice. Um, And if you ask my mother, Yotsuha is actually the hero of the movie.
1: Really now?
2: Because she tells the sister that she went to Tokyo. Ah, but uh, yes. also, fun fact, I learned today reading um, that the grandma, the mom, and the two sisters, all of their names are respectively one leaf clover, two leaf clover, three leaf clover, four leaf clover. Interesting. But
0: Interesting.
1: Yes.
2: She had great comedic timing, too, by the way.
0: Yeah. I mm-hmm. love Katie. I love Katie's um, comedic timing. And she was so charming and adorable. Like, I didn't actually think it was a child... A, a child voice actress coming in here. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we're so used to, like... Laura the Wood typical and- The typical crop of voice actors we're used to playing, like, little kids, but we actually have a child for once in our lives. Terry Jody right. and
2: her army of little boy voices. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this
0: was a really pleasant surprise.
1: Yeah, one thing about this particular... Um, directing studio is that when they need to, they will go and get actual child actors. Because they did the same thing for My My Miracle as well. And, uh, yeah, when it calls for it. Uh, I thought at points there were times it was a bit riff, but that was not knowing that it was an actual child actor. Mm -hmm. And so now that I can go back with that knowledge, I think it's actually, I'm actually kind of impressed. Um, Yeah. Because it sounded at first... kind of sounded like it was just going to be another adult actress voicing a little girl, but actually, now that, with that knowledge, it's actually pretty good, yeah. She keeps getting on her sister about following her boobies, and...
0: <laughs> Grandma, <laughs> like, she's finally gone crazy!
1: Yeah, she's playing Grandma, with her
0: boobies I'm, again! <laughs> Grandma, I'm just, just for today, I'm gonna go ahead and leave a little bit early. Early? Okay. <laughs> like, that whole scene is, like,
2: golden with her from start to... Just cause it's like... Yotsuba, you're alive! Because obviously, um, to spoil that scene, it is Taki as the sister, Mitsuha, Mitsuha yep. after he knows that she's died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert, she's nine years old.
0: Yotsuha is nine years Yotsuha, old. Yotsuha, not
2: not, not Mitsu. I, I don't know why a nine year old would be fondling her titties. That's some <laughs> no. Boku no Pico shit. Um, <laughs> oh, god but I think that she really nailed it to a lot of the um, kind of more, like, s- quiet moments, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because there is obviously the scene where they go up and they go to the shrine in the mountain. The netherworld.
0: Yes. Which was beautiful, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And kind of, I guess, segueing into Miss Ellis and um, as Granny, because uh, she... Because, again, I could not find any other relevant credits, whether it was stage or TV or anything like that. So, as far as I'm aware of, this woman is non-existent. Huh. And for a first time hearing her in as the grandma in this performance, I thought it was fantastically done, honestly. Cause, oh, God, yeah. Because mm-hmm. not only is the grandma just so kind and insightful... Um, she is very intuitive at the same time because she towards like the second half of the film um after we learn that mitsuha's hometown was destroyed by the comet and but taki comet finally a gets a chance to go back it's the grandmother who f- who first actually says to taki when he's in mitsuha's body you're it's not you is it you're somebody else right now because the we, it's apparently a family trait, and they It's apparently a gender like. Which gender, is never brought thing. up again, by the way. Yeah, you know, never brought up again. I'm like, what the fuck, but um. Like I thought, Ms. Alice's performance of Granny was really phenomenal. Just really sweet, kind-hearted, tough when she needs to be. Because good lord, does she sometimes give it to um their dad? Their dad's mm. a fuck bag, anyway. We're not going to talk about the dad, but that the dad's an asshole. Right. That's an ass.
2: I think yeah. that's what I wanted to bring up is that she does a really good job of being stern in very mm-hmm. quick moments. Because uh, there is a part where Taki in this, I have to say, jaw-droppingly gorgeous, trippy-ass sequence. Yes. <laughs> where he sees um, Mitsuha's life up until the day of the comic. Um, And there's this part where the grandmother, after the death of the mom, yells at the dad for quitting the religion and leaving the shrine.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And it's like that. It's like blinking, you would miss it kind of scene. Yeah. And she does so well at yelling about him, about his fate, her fate. Right.
1: Yeah, Yeah, no, as watching the film, see, I did not realize that this was a first-time actress. And so I was trying to place who it sounded like because she sounded like someone who I've heard before and yet at the same time sounded like someone, no one I've, I've ever heard before. Like, I'm trying to place who it sounded she like.
2: she sound a little bit like the grandma from Summer Wars to you?
1: That's of, sorta, just yeah. about.
0: So she kind of sounds, who is it? Pam Doherty, I think it is?
1: I don't who, even remember. By the remi- way, is,
2: that is one of the best performances as a grandmother in any anime movie ever.
0: Yes. True,
1: yeah. True yeah, yeah I, I i thought it was really good
0: so yeah apparently in agreement even though we've never heard of these two actresses before phenomenal jobs phenomenal yeah. jobs i gotta d-
1: i gotta do it because i haven't done it in a while uh-oh
2: <laughs> god damn it <laughs> who are you we got some voices to do now
0: um okay shut up megan <laughs> yes yeah, shut up megan Alright, so are we ready to move on? Yes, ma'am. See. Alright, so the next group we're going to be talking about is a trio. We're actually going to be talking about the three characters um, on Takis' side of things. So we have Miki Okudera, who is a co-worker of Takis at the restaurant he works for. He kind of has a little crush on her for a bit. Um, And then we have Tsukasa Fuki and uh, Shinta Takagi. Um, who are two of Taki's friends from school. Now, the three actors who voice these characters, Okudera is Laura Post, whom you have heard in series such as Kill la Kill, Redline, and Gargantia on the Virtuous Planet. Oh, God, Laura Post and Kill the Kill. God damn. <laughs> uh, Sukasa is voiced by Ben Pronsky, uh, who you have heard in Out Noah Zero, Super Milk Chan, and Komardi High School. And Shinta is... Performed by Ray Chase, whom you have heard in One Punch Man, uh, the 2016 Berserk, and Mob Psycho 100. Uh, so, how do we feel about these trio of performances?
2: Ray Chase, I know you're a really good actor. I know you are, but you did fuck all in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, man.
1: No, wait a second. In- no, no, wait. No. Ray Chase. Uh, Takagi was the guy in the glasses, right?
0: No. No, Takagi was the big guy you sure? Yes. Yeah. I'm looking at my okay. anime list right now, because okay. I wanted to make sure I remember which character is which. Yeah, um, Ben is the glasses-wearing character.
1: Ah, uh, okay.
0: Yeah, so gotcha. Ray Chase. Who did Ray Chase play in Mob Psycho again? Uh, was Onigawara? Was he
1: mm-hmm.
0: No, he was Onigawara. Uh, mob was I didn't uh, Kyle mob McCarley. Spy, so. Kyle <laughs> McCarley was Mob.
1: Yeah. Don't forget, Ray Chase was also Noctis in Final Fantasy XV, which is Ladies. a big deal. Yeah.
2: Ladies. Oh my, God. <sighs> oh, my God. You guys missed it when I was in. I, I know Hardy wasn't there, but um, Steph, you missed this. At one point, we were trying to meet up together, I think, on Sunday at AB to go get something, to go actually um, get your gift, Hardy. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as we were walking around, I found a dealer that I wanted to buy something at. And all they had on their table was a little picture of Noctis. A little cutout of Guy Fieri. And a thing that said, please donate to get Noctis to Flavortown. <laughs> and god damn it, I did. <laughs> I left a dollar for Noctis to get to Flavortown. <laughs> and I hope he made it.
0: <laughs> god damn it. A look yeah. Noctis. Yeah, yeah, going back to the whole we recorded this in April thing, last weekend was Anime Boston. <laughs> I ruined zoo books for
2: everybody,
0: <laughs> and Nicki Minaj, <laughs>
2: and Hooked on Phonics. Uh, we learned Prof Stand is Rocky Lobster. Um, we rejected our humanity. Yep. Um, we learned that Jamal is an autograph-getting wizard. Yep. What else happened? Um, we learned that Sneeps is a very suave marketing motherfucker. Yes. We learned that the Sentai people are friends with us. Hi, Carolyn. Hi, Carolyn. <laughs> Lynn. <laughs> uh what else did we we learned that the director of JoJo's did not expect Snow and Wishes that he could control snow. We okay. learned
0: that the No, cast no, of no, My no, Hero's it wasn't cowards. The director
2: it wasn't the director of JoJo, it was the founder of Bones. Bones. Oh, never mind. My bad. Uh we learned that everybody in the cast of My is actually a fucking coward. It's on the vlog. And uh what else did we
0: learn? A lot of stuff. Oh yeah, we learned that we We learned get that to I wasn't there. Track. Yeah, Sorry. we learned that Hardy should have
1: gone.
0: But we
2: did get Hardy a bitchin' and lobster hat and a copy of oh, the Lars yeah. L'Obiés.
1: Yeah. So to make up for how crabby I was
2: oh. for being able having to miss
1: it. Yes.
2: Okay, no, you were not crabby, you were tolerable Now Noah on
0: the other (laughs) (laughs) hand
1: Moving on
0: Let's not get into that conversation Anyway, how do we feel about Laura Post Ben Pronsky and Ray Chase Going back to that Uh, Ray Chase, you're a good actor I'm sorry you didn't actually get to do anything
2: In this movie other than bitch about Pocky's clothing
0: I barely Um, remember him right now And I only saw the film a few hours ago
1: (laughs) Yeah, he was just sort of there
0: He was kind of there um, now, Ben Pronsky and Laura Post, on the other hand, they were more than theirs. Especially Laura Post. Le- especially Laura Post. Mm-hmm. Like, she, I'd say, because Ben Pronsky, i never heard of this individual in my life.
1: Looks like he goes back all the way to the V days.
0: Damn. I mean, Camardi High School, yeah. <laughs> but, did, you um, did, he what? did you buy that this weekend? Did you what? Did not you buy that? Yes. I did. I did By Cromartie High School on TV.
2: I remember him, but at the same time, I feel like, especially compared to Taki, who we're getting to eventually, Yeah. I feel like he was kind of also there. Like, yeah. It's a good performance, and it's not bad or anything. It's just not there. It's not memorable to me.
0: It's not quite a standout. He had more screen time than Shinta did and Ray Chase got to have. But yeah, it's not as memorable And I think either. that's more
2: or less on the writing of the actual movie.
0: Yeah. I feel oh, like it he could was be the case. Just
2: there to give... I feel like he was there to balance out the level of... The amount of friends between Mitsuha and Taki. Because Mitsuha's friends when we get to them, I'll, I'll, I feel like I remember them more.
0: Yeah, they had much more memorable screen time and scenes compared to Taki's um,
2: And they Taki's were genuinely
0: friends. better characters.
1: Right, I they guess. had more at stake in the long run as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: and because um, he and Mrs. O- Ogwara. Okudera. 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 They go with Taki when he tries to find uh, Mitsuha and he mm-hmm. can't find her. Um, but, he, I feel like he kind of went along to be kind of... Because at that point, it's kind of clear that Taki's in love with Mithaha. Yep. I feel like he was kind of sent along to hook up the other female on the trip.
0: <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. Oh my god.
1: Mm.
0: And I guess kind of going into Okudera, uh, Okudera's character is essentially because like, again Taki had a crush on her and then by the time basically at one point Mitsuha when they swap Mitsuha sets Taki up on a date with her to which I'm pretty sure that Mitsuha had a thing for her too oh it's possible but she just set him up on a date it was kind of funny and then by the end of the date Okudera is the one who's like you like somebody else I can tell
1: right like, because it was a complete change in persona yep yeah.
0: So I think Laura Post, she really portrayed that very well. I, I definitely say Laura Post's performance was one of the more memorable ones um, on the Taki side at the very least, because she definitely had a lot more of a, of a role in terms of shaping um, Taki's feelings for Mitsuka, in a sense.
1: Right, right. Yeah, there was a lot of sincerity in the role, especially even near the beginning when she steps up in order to help him with the problematic customers and uh, she sort of takes not only a love interest sort of role but also the role of a mentor
0: Yeah. yeah like a big sister
2: character
1: right right
0: yeah that that's that's very accurate like eventually going from like a potential love interest to a sister character
1: also at the end kind of big spoiler alert did anyone else sort of go ooh, and they saw the ring on her finger at the very yeah. end she got married like, i was yeah. like who did
2: she get with uh, my mom again my mom with me my mom thinks she got with the guy with the glasses eh, it, we don't really
0: we can't really tell though right
2: yeah, because they just they just hint that she's engaged, um. engaged or
0: married, and then when we see the glasses character before we see Okudera, it's not there's no real hints or exposition that he could be married to her or anything like that. So well, you gotta gotta got got
1: also remember that she said she was in town for work, meaning she doesn't live mm-hmm. in the area anymore. Right. So.
0: Yeah. Taku, uh Sukasa is still in town. So, right. Yeah. True, yeah. Yeah. Because no they're way. all still trying
2: to find jobs and, but. For me, I'm a little 75-25 on Laura Post's Okadera because I do feel the sincerity and I do feel the genuine the genuineness of the performance. However, I don't feel I feel like it's very static to my to my ears. Hmm. Like okay. it's always kind of the same level of sincerity, and that's really weird for Lauren Post. Because I like Lauren Post a lot as an actress. Like, she has some pretty balls-crazy range. I mean, the woman played Ragyo, worst mother ever, from Kill to which, Kill. Which I still need to see that. Mm-hmm. She is absolutely terrifying and gross in that show, and it's awesome. Right. But she's also, and I also gave her a W last year as Nozomi from Love Live. Mm-hmm. Because that's another character where she, again, is very kind of big sistery. And very sincere, but I feel like she has kind of more um, wackiness to play on, and that again is more, I think, the fault of the writing of the movie, not her performance. It's right. She does feel like a very static character. I she mean, you're trying you're trying to do much.
0: you're trying to do a decent amount of development for characters within like what an hour and forty seven minutes. I think it is. Yeah, yeah, because this movie flies by really fast. It does actually. Mm-hmm. Like
2: but, I was amazed at how fast this movie went. I was like, Oh my god, it's done. Yeah. yeah, how how they were
1: able to squeeze all that content and all that plot into under two hours yeah. and not yeah, and make it make sense and not make it boring. So yeah. that's just yeah Yeah. It's really crazy.
2: Yeah. FYI this movie is insanely packed for the amount of time and it is gorgeous and if did anybody else go to one of those Cinemark screens? No. That they were no. advertising it was on? Because that's where I went. And oh my god.
0: <laughs> I, went to a, I went to an AMC. I went to that's a Malco. That's where they were showing it. A what? A Malco. It's a, what the hell
1: is a Malco? It's a Memphis area movie chain. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: But I, I still really, really liked her performance. It was fantastic. Yeah. And you felt for her too, I think, a little bit, like, I think the most charming kind of moment of her performance is very early on in the beginning of the movie, where her skirt was cut by the yep. box cutter. Yep. And Pocky's like, take off your skirt, and she's like, excuse me?! <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll look away! I'll look Sorry. away! <laughs> and oh, you're so feminine! Like... Yeah. Like, I, I kind of wish that she would've picked up on it, like... Because it feels like the body swapping thing, everybody on Mitsuha's side got it, but nobody on
0: Taki's side did. Well, well, and I co- kind of wished well, it was I, her. Correction, everyone on Mitsuha's side eventually picked up on it. Yeah. Keyword, eventually. <laughs> and I wish that she would have eventually as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was implied that Taki told... Okudera and Sukasa, what was going on while um, they were on their little excursion to find Mitsuha um, so it's Rose of the Year award <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs>
0: yes <laughs> it's like he's gonna cover your shift I'm going with you what <laughs> I got you covered but yeah I think at least out of the three supporting characters on Taki's side Laura Post is probably at least the standout right Though, it would have been nice for her to have at least a little bit more, um, and be that person that realizes, oh, hey, something's up here. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, so, are we ready to move on?
0: Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, boy. Uh, let's see. We're going to move on to the two friends on Mitsuha's side now. Uh, so we have Sakia Natori, and we have Katsuhiko Teshigawara, um, whom, again, friends of Mitsuha's in high school, Mm -hmm. um. Despite, because a little bit more context. So Mitsuha's dad is the mayor. Right. So, of course, some other kids in school will sometimes tease and bully her. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, Sayaka and Tashi are really kind of the two um, that go on Mitsuha's side and are really good friends with her. So the two individuals with these characters for Sayaka Natori, we have Miss Cassandra Lee Morris and we and we have uh, for Katsuhiko Teshigawara, Mr. Kyle Hebert uh, Cassandra Lee Morris you've heard her in roles such in Dorada uh, Sword Art Online and Madoka Magica as for Kyle Hebert you've heard him in Blue Exorcist Fate Zero and of course the motherfucking Kamina who the Gern hell do you Lagan. think he is? Gurren Lagan. I was um, like
2: why did you have to bring why did you have to bring up Sword Art?
0: Because, because, Blue Exorcist. I already put Blue Exorcist for Kyle Hay-Bear. I'm trying to double up on roles. Okay? Anyway, So, so how do we feel about these two performances? So, right off the bat, like Megan was saying before, these two are probably more memorable in terms of secondary characters. Mm-hmm. They are so, absolutely charming. Yes. They are adorable.
1: I think... As separating the roles, I think Cassandra does really well in her role. She really hits it right off. I yeah. think Kyle sounds a bit too old, just a little bit, to be playing a high school kid.
0: Eh. I Actually couldn't tell who it was. It's like who the fuck is that the whole I movie? C- I couldn't either and this is only after like slightly glimpsing at the casting list. Yeah, too.
1: I knew I knew it for the moment I heard it cuz I've I've listened to a lot of Kyle Bear roles.
0: See, here's it's the opposite for me. I have yeah. I don't really listen much to Kyle Hebert roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not as savvy in in the in the thing you call
2: the Dragon Balls.
1: Ah.
0: Yeah, the Dragon so Balls. So we're not listening
2: to Kyle Hebert play a high schooler a lot. Right. Yeah. I mean, granted, in granted in Blue Exorcist he does, but it's the traditional like, hey guys, I'm Kyle. He- oh god, that was the worst fucking Kyle Hebert impression ever. <laughs> was. But it's always like. The Kyle boy boys, like, oh, okay. It's a lot like um, when we did. I can't believe I'm bringing this up. It's like when we did ProCon, <laughs> and I wanted Kyle Haybear's character to be my husband. Nice. Was, yes, I actually. don't want Taki to be my husband. god damn it! Boom. boom. Teshi. I'm gonna call him Tashi or Sparky. Sparky, boom, boom.
1: <laughs> sparky, Sparky, boom, boom. Nice. nice.
2: As you know, sparky, sparky, boom, boom. Explosions. Uh, explosions! Uh, I love the way that they played off of each other. Despite like, if you know how anime works, they weren't actually in a room
1: together. <laughs> right. Yeah, they yeah. definitely had more of a chemistry compared to Taki's friends.
0: Yeah. Again, this is it's the whole thing with like, what like Mega was saying before we got to them. The two mm-hmm. of them have more at stake Compared to um, Taki's friends, because, of course...
1: Yeah, there's a giant comets going to come and kill everybody.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And so it, it hurt that they died. With, yeah.
2: Like, I will say, it, it hurt when you see Taki going through the book and you see their names. Yeah. That they died at 17.
0: It was... It was Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. I, 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 I was, well, before I left this morning to go to the movie, I was like, I wonder if I should bring tissues. I didn't. I regret that decision.
2: <laughs> I had uh. to be strong for Mother. I couldn't do it. I couldn't cry in front of her. It was like, have you guys ever seen Cloudy with the chance of meatball with the big black guy? Get back in there, dear.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm, gl- I'm. I at least have the solace in knowing I was not the only one who cried in the theater today. Didn't you say, like, guys were crying? I, I mean, heard, not that I there's heard, a thing against guys crying. I heard sniffles. And, like, when I looked, it was, like, there was a guy in that direction. I'm like, oh, See, too. See, oh, no.
1: I I didn't really get a lot of tear-jerking, uh, did I get a really tear-jerker reaction from it, to be honest. Though. I
2: was emotionally exhausted by the time I got out of this movie. Yeah, I was, I was teary. I was like, no... <laughs> I want yeah. to pull a comment, but mm-hmm. I'll pull it up as we're talking about them. I really like Cassandra Morris was absolutely precious too as as Saya.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like when she's gotta when she's gotta um. But I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to get arrested. <laughs> and she's like basically crying after they get if she gets caught in the school with the broadcast. Like no. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Even at the very end when. Um, she's like, "Yo, you're gonna shame for the ceremony, right? You I mean I'm already yes. on a oh my diet?" God. And she says, as she's cramming her face full of cake. So.
2: That was great. That was perfect. That was the okay. As much as people want to say the main couple getting potentially getting together is like, "Oh my god, yes, it happened."
0: That was me watching the two of them get
2: together. Yeah,
0: I wanted, I wanted Teshi and Saya to get together so bad. And I'm glad that they did. So happy they did. It was adorable. But Mm -hmm. you could tell, like, during parts of it, Teshi had a thing for Mitsuha, too. Yeah. Teshi had a thing for Mitsuha. Like, for sure. Like, remember when they were planning the, um, the whole explosions and the, um, evacuation and all that stuff? Like, all of a sudden, Mitsuha, who's Taki and Mitsuha, by the way, um, he's scoots over, like, grabs the laptop, gets a little bit closer, and Tashi's like, what are you doing? <laughs> it was funny. Yeah. And, T- and Taki in Mitsuha's body is like, "Why well, aren't you the gentleman? <laughs> it was kind of funny and adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely in terms of secondary characters, period, these two were the standout characters, and these two are pretty standout performances, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: They, they
2: were like some of the best parts of the movie at times like yep their their dialogue was great they had great humor they had great like just insight too (laughs) because I feel like they were also a really great way to view Mizuha as a character Mm -hmm. especially um, pretty early on in the beginning of the movie where they watch Mizuha uh, perform the Shinto ceremony yeah Yeah. and you kind of have like this weird dichotomy of, um, I guess you could say predestination versus choosing your own fate. And they kind of talk about how like, even though uh, Teshi doesn't like what his dad does, he's willing to stay in the small town versus Mizuho who wants to go to Tokyo, obviously.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Like, there's a lot of really great little moments between the three of them. And I think that Kyle and Cassandra's performance along with Mizuha's actress, Um, really nailed a lot of those beats where I feel like if the direction wasn't right and maybe the experience of some of these actors weren't there, they wouldn't have nailed some of the emotionality in it. Because you have to, like, for people who don't, because we don't get to talk about a lot of the West Coast casts, Yep. Or the New York-based casts a lot in this. I think a lot of people forget how hardcore some of the moments that Kyle and Cassandra have acted through in anime
1: mm-hmm.
2: themselves. Obviously Kyle being Kamina.
1: Having to like, scream he, all the time.
2: Having to scream all the time. He's Gohan. He's done such crazy character arts. He's done I'm trying to think of other like really high emotional impact shows that Kyle has done.
1: Oh, well, he was Aizen, but Aizen isn't really in a very emotional character, so
0: Uh what about Daigon Rampa? Yeah, he's, um... He's Soda.
2: Yeah, he's Soda in Danganronpa. In Danganronpa 3 especially, but we don't want to talk about... Oh, yeah, wait, we've already done the episode about that.
0: But I will say the he's episode should be out by then. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, that too. Well, Danganronpa, where he has to do a lot of stuff there within the game as well as that. Uh, and then you have Cassandra, who's been in Madoka Magica.
0: Yep. I mean, my God! Motherfucking q
2: Motherfucking q and being evil and... Like they both have been in so many things Mm -hmm. that are highly emotional and highly invested that I think that their experience in this really pays off for these characters.
0: Yeah. Honestly.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Other than the two leads, these are probably the best characters in the show without a doubt.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm.
2: And I, I also, I also, she says as she crams cake into her face.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going on a dime. Right. <laughs> Yeah. I'm, no, th- I'm no, making sacrifices I too. Like
2: how it's. Maybe we should do a traditional Shinto ceremony. You wanted to get married in a chapel. <laughs> like I yeah. thought that was really sweet. So i kind of mm-hmm. like harken back to home.
0: Because
2: it was adorable. I feel, like yeah. if, I feel like in a weird theory, if they did it at, like a Shinto ceremony, that Mitsuha would be involved. Yeah. That
0: would be kind of fun.
1: Right. Yeah, like I said, my real, my only real problem with with the performance was that Kyle does sound a bit too old to be play, playing a high school student. But other than that, it was fine. That was my okay. only that was my only uh piece of criticism.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. So obviously we all think that these two are great performances. Mm-hmm. Stand among the secondary characters. Yeah. Um So why don't we move on to our final two characters? Because there's no way in hell we can really talk about these two individually. Yeah, they're... What if it was three years apart?
1: Yeah. (laughs) God damn it. Considering the whole movie is based around the Red String of Fate theory, I mean, it's kind of... Yeah. Kind of necessary.
0: I want to talk about the thing, but I will talk about it after we do this. All right. So we're going to talk about Takitachi Bana and Mitsuha Miyamizu. Um, Haki, so, course, so Taki, uh, Taki, uh, throughout the course of the film, is in high school. He lives in Tokyo, um, and of course, he switches places pretty randomly and frequently uh, with Mitsuha, who lives in the middle of the country. Tomorrow. Yep, she lives in the middle of a country with her family, um, helps run a shrine with her grandmother. All this Makes fun stuff. Makes sake with her mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and the two individuals who voice these characters, uh, Mitsuha is voiced by Miss Stephanie Shea, whom you have heard in series such as Sailor Moon, The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, and probably one of the other most famous roles. She is Hinata from Naruto. Mm-hmm. And as for Taki, that would be Mr. Michael Michelson or nicholas um, <laughs> I'm getting to that. Um, whom you've heard in Black Butler's Book of Circus as the lead for the film in Summer Wars, and in, as um, de- uh, Detective Yeon-Soo in Monster, to which, um, to which, to which, on the off-chance, the off-chance he listens to this, Hi, my name is Stephanie, I was the girl who had that volume of Monster uh, at YomaCon, to which you signed it, shots, and just started going, shots, 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 shots. Shot. Hi, Hi is how are you? you? Black Butler, Book of Circus. He's Dagger, yeah.
1: Let's not forget easily his most famous and memorable role as Dean Venture in The Venture Brothers.
0: Oh, Team Venture! He, he's also Leonardo for uh, Ninja Turtles.
1: Oh, really? I, that I did not know.
2: Teenage yeah. Teenage you, Instinctor Nicholas. Teen- Wait, <laughs> Teenage you in St. Nicholas <laughs> Hero in a half booth stinker power. Yeah, he, he, he stinker was Stinker uh... Power Yeah, he's I he's... can't think of what to say. Stinker Nicholas is a really
1: when big you're word. when you're in a voice booth, the last power you want to have is stinker power.
2: <laughs> I mean, like, for some reason why do I feel like one day at Funimation like I don't know why, but I feel like, I don't know, like Alejandro Saab or Damon Mills is going to fart in a booth and they're just going to lock Rico in there. I mean, he's just going to be pounding on the glass, waiting to get out, as Clifford Chapin just takes pictures and laughs maniacally. Well, Rico did go primal one time. And thus I have spawned thousands of (laughs) fanfiction. I'm not fucking sorry, Cliff.
0: Oh well, Rico did go pretty primal that one yeah. time he got locked in. A and now zone. we see
2: in his in his captive, the, the wild Fajardo in his captive habitat. Yes,
1: and yeah. we've lost him.
2: And, and we've lost him. <laughs> well, I just I apparently now he keeps checking all of the doors in front of me, so he doesn't keep getting locked. In. Roll
0: it, roll a, Her hero Roll, roll for initiative. <laughs> Anyway, um how yes you are. How do we feel about Michael and Stephanie's performances as our two leads?
1: Well we should bring up
2: Guys. Yeah. My mom just put a jar of change on my desk and said, here's your swear jar. Oh (laughs)
1: come here.
2: Come here. Come here. We're talking about the movie. (laughs) Not you, Dad. Nobody wants you. Come <laughs> here, Mom. Just say what you. I'm not giving you $20. It's not worth it. <laughs> Fuck you.
1: That's another quarter for the swear jar.
2: I said I was going to do it with singles, and she's like, if you did it with singles, Megan, you'd be broke by the end of the panel. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, mom. You're the best mom in the world, and I would never say horrible things about you.
0: Thank you for the swear jar that Megan now has to bring with her to conventions.
2: It's very big, (laughs) and it's yellow, and I'm kind of scared. It looks a little strange.
1: (laughs) That's what she said.
2: (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Ew! (laughs) Oh, no. Party. ew, God, don't talk about yourself like that. (laughs) Okay, we need to really get back on topic. Anyway, back to...
1: We we need to bring, yeah, our two leads, Michael and Stephanie. Now, the reason Stinker we... Stinker power. Stinker power, yes. Uh, <laughs> the reason we didn't mention the ADR directors at the beginning...
0: Was because they are both the ADR directors for the film. What a twist. That's
1: right, yeah. What we, twist, yes. In fact, a- NYAV, the studio where this was recorded... Is run and owned by Michael Center Nicholas, and I think Stephanie oh, has a okay. pretty big part of it too. Um, so, so, naturally, F- so basically, they cast themselves.
0: So, FYI, since now we brought up the whole ADR director thing, uh, just to get a general idea of directing credits before we really dive into both directing and their performances. Um, from Michael Center Nicholas, you have heard. Uh, You've seen other directing works from him uh, for 009 Reese Cyborg, Time of Eve, and Slayer's Revolution. As for Stephanie Shea, she has directed My My Miracle, Paradise Kiss, and Welcome to the Space Show. Um, So, we're gonna try this again. How do we feel about, now that we brought the directing in, how do we feel about, let's start with the performances first before we talk about the directing.
1: I think That this is some of the finest performances I've seen from them Mm. in any dub ever, because we had not—they not only had to play their own character, they had to play a different version of the other character. Yeah, they basically had to play each other as they swapped back and forth.
2: Mm -hmm. And so they had to play each other as themselves, playing the other person. Yes,
1: I'm the dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah, and so basically, you could really tell when uh, Taki switched when Mitsuho took over Taki's body. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, you could definitely tell. There's definitely a more feminine uh, ah. vibe to to Michael's performance, and whenever uh, Taki takes over Mitsuho's body, you could definitely tell that there's sort of a almost a pervy, you know, high school teenage boy. Uh, I don't the, know
0: about. I don't know. Well. I wouldn't yeah. call Taki 100% pervy. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Like, I would he's say a bit more... He's more... obviously a look at the goods. Yeah. Well, I mean... if He's feeling if... the melons for their firmness. I mean, let's think about it this way. If you were a guy and got swapped into a girl's body, wouldn't that be the first thing you look at? Pretty much, okay. yes. to be fair, to be fair, she does
2: talk about his morning
1: wood. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: So, I mean... Every morning, Taki gets a visit from his favorite superhero, <laughs> Kamui Woods. <laughs> oh, goddammit. Did I just get applauded for that? <laughs> yes, you did. I just applauded you for that. That was bad. That was bad, and it was so funny and bad. <laughs> it was perfect. Don't it was why. It was so. Shame,
1: bad. Was shame.
2: <laughs> shame. I just need the gif of the lady from. Game of Thrones yelling shame. <laughs>
0: anyway, but yeah, you could definitely tell in their performances the slight differences when they did switch. Especially, like, Stephanie, maybe it wasn't as noticeable as Michael's. Um, I think it was more subtle with her. Hers was more subtle. Michael's you could definitely tell. Like, And he, I actually like that. Yeah, like he kind of raised the pitch like a tiny bit um, when Mitsuha took over. And, like, a little bit more girly and kind of feminine. Like, it came out. It did, it did come out a lot more, a bit more obvious compared to Stephanie um, when she, she has to play Taki taking over Mitsuha's body. But Can I s-
2: say something about that? Sure. I feel like that was something done specifically, uh, well, I want to say potentially for the dub. Unfortunately, at the time of this recording, I haven't been able to... Oh, excuse me, I'm getting the hiccups here. Oh god, that's awful, and I hope- God, do voice actors go through this when they get the hiccups in the booth? It's supposed to be horrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, god. Um, I think it might have been done a little bit more obvious in the English, maybe compared to the Japanese. Fortunately, I haven't seen the sub, because I've been told in the subtitle version, the way you can tell is by the way that they say I, Because in Japan, the word I can be gendered. Right. Between, like, watashi uh, watashi wa, boku wa, like, different, like, females will, like... It's kind of considered a tomboyish thing to say something, like, boku as a girl or something like that. Okay. I'm not 100% sure. But I feel like maybe they made it a little more obvious in the pitches of their voice in English. Because, I mean you can kind of it's it's obviously a gendered thing but girls and boys sound different obviously when a boy goes through puberty, their voice drops and then even like we talked about in kiss him not me heavier girls tend to have deeper voices Mm yeah so i think they may have did that and i really like that on stinker power i can't say his full name i'm sorry i'm sorry i can't say your full name i'm calling you stinker power
0: stink meaner
2: not Stink Queen. <laughs> just, just, just ask
0: Noah how to pronounce his name. I'm just
2: gonna call you Michael.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm just gonna Go call with Michael. It. It's Kappa, Go with Kappa it. Mikey. No, I'm not. Don't you bring up that god awful television <laughs> show <laughs> to the dungeon with you, with Andrew. <laughs> god damn it. Do I need to break out the Dramatical Murder OVA?
1: No, no, please, <laughs> no.
2: Don't you ever bring that up in this house again. <laughs> Just or, or less you suffer Dave Matranga's blowjob noises.
1: <laughs> I'll be good, I promise.
2: Oh, less you suffer Dave Matranga blowing a low-budget Seth Rogen.
1: <laughs> that's that's a cards-against-anime card right there.
2: <laughs> oh, yes. Dave Matranga blowjob noises <laughs> for budget Seth Rogen. Both. <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh, so, I liked it. Like I like Stinger Nicholas a little bit more too, but I feel there are certain points where Stephanie Shea is just like, Ste- damn girl, steals the yeah. show. The scene where they go to the netherworld when she has to be talky. Mm-hmm. With the grandma for the first time.
1: Yeah. Right. It's
2: that was just imp- impressive to say the least.
1: Right. Yeah, I think it's just all around. They, The two of them basically steal the show because it's their show to steal. Yeah. And yeah, just the back and forth between both of them is just... It's probably some of the best acting I've ever heard from either of them, to be perfectly honest.
0: Yeah, honestly, like... Mm. this, These are two phenomenal performances. And I think before we even started recording... Megan already like, had said that Michael is, like, potential W award material here. Oh, both of
2: them, I would think. But I I lean a little bit more towards Michael. I feel like just because you got that middle chunk of the movie where, unfortunately, is dead. Yeah. So Kaki kind of gets these really great moments of him, like, as you're going through the twist with him. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm because for those of you think, hopefully you listened to me at the beginning of this movie the twist of this movie is so well done yeah
0: honestly
2: like I think Steffi Shea said it the best she's like great watching the showing in New York Times Square
0: including the guy in the front row who was like damn <laughs> <laughs> so basically the twist is not only are the two switching bodies Mitsuha it, Mitsuha's life is three years prior to where Taki is in the story. Because she's dead. Yeah. So when the comet hits, all of a sudden, all communication is cut off, and then we find out that this comet had hit three years before all this stuff with Taki is going on.
2: Apparently, it is actually you are actually able to catch the twist in the beginning of the movie. Again, hoping people... Um, hmm. Or have actually seen this before watching the episode. When I'm gonna try to catch it when you go back on the DVD. Check the days of the week on their phone.
1: Yeah. See, they don't I, match up. I caught. Okay. I caught sort of a twist when uh, when she said I could live off this for a month, and somebody mentioned, yeah, a decade ago.
2: Mm. Yeah, but it's only three years. I know. Nine, well, I mean, yeah,
1: yeah, but I mean that gave you a hint that time has yeah. passed. So. Oh yeah. Hmm.
0: It's fair. Also, B, I think her phone was a little less new than his. Right. Yep. Um, so there might have been things here and there. I didn't really pick up on it. Because, I mean, I, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. But, in yeah, in terms of these performances, oh my god. These are just phenomenal. I love them from beginning to end. Between the two in terms of I had to pick, like, one single favorite, I'm, I would kind of lean more towards Michael's performance of Taki. A little bit more. Um, but that's just, like, if you were forcing me to choose a favorite between the two, mm-hmm. honestly.
1: I think the reason the dub turned out so good is because this directly leads into the fact that the two leads are also the two directors. They yeah. get to generally dictate how they want it to sound and how they want it to turn out. And call it greedy for snatching up the two lead roles for yourselves, but I think it was a smart choice. I don't think
2: anybody else could have really done it at this point. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't imagine another person playing Taki. And I know because Steph brought it up too, I feel like going into a part of me was like, oh no, is he going to sound like the lead from summer war yeah which is kind of a worry because you've already had singer nicholas essentially go through what at the time was considered uh mamoru Hosoda's strongest movie mm-hmm. and is generally beloved by most fans and he played off of Rena Valencia, and now you're like okay now he's going off with of stephanie shea who's I like Rena Palencia a lot, but Stephanie Shay's range is a little bit crazy sometimes. Right. Oh, yeah. Because because you, she can go from, like, Hinata in Naruto, be Mitsuha, who sounds nothing like her, and also be somebody like Nikon in... Um,
0: oh, Dagon Ropa, who's
2: yep. like... Who literally sounds like a chihuahua in
0: human formation. And yeah. then she goes batshit crazy. Yeah.
1: She also played a mother character in... Um in, what was it, uh, Letter to Momo, she was a yes. mom, so, which was also dubbed by N.Y.A.V. Yep. Mhm.
0: So, yeah, absolutely, these, mm-hmm. basically, like you said, Hardy, it may have seemed greedy for the two of them as directors to take these two leads, but honestly, it was the best choice. Yeah. I just
2: wonder who wrote the movie.
0: Um the script adaptation uh, cuz I wrote this down. A uh, script adaptation was done by Mr. Clark Cheng um whom has done other scripts for uh Roroni Kenshin, uh vs. Butler's and Just for You Hardy, mm-hmm. uh, Apocalypse 0.
1: Nice.
0: Oh good god, dragon dick. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. But no, uh, I mean the script was also fantastic. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like I would imagine if I had to take a wild guess, because again, we've only, all of us have only really seen the English Dove version. We haven't seen the Japanese version of the film.
1: And we've only seen it once, so.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, My assumption here is that they played it very close to the original script. That's my assumption.
2: Some jokes that wouldn't work in English.
0: Right.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. They also kept a lot of. I like how they also cooked a lot of stuff that is very Japanese, like the stuff about Shinto and...
1: The sake part.
2: The sake part, which Mm -hmm. was kind of beautiful and disgusting all at once. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if
1: you think about it, I just wanted to go off on this little tangent. Um, You know how they chew up the sake and they spit it out and let it ferment, and then they put it into the bottles and they put it underneath, into the shrine. Yep, Yeah. If you think about it, when Taki goes and finds the, the sake and drinks it, he's kinda giving her an indirect kiss.
0: Which is why
2: she calls him a pervert.
1: Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Speaking of that scene, um, I wanted to bring this up. The bracelet. Mm.
1: Uh, the, you mean the ribbon?
2: The ribbon. R- the is bracelet. A slash spoiler for the whole movie. It is the whole plot mm-hmm. in the movie. If you think about it, because it's red right on the end for the red strings of fate, yeah, and then it fades into orange, which is twilight or magic hour, mm-hmm. and then it kind of has the brown with the squiggles for the mountain, and in the middle is the blue lake,
1: mm-hmm,
2: yeah. And I thought that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, also, good God, this movie made me want to cry, but I didn't because I had to be
0: strong for mother. Oh, I, um, I I teared up so bad in the theater.
1: I didn't cry. Uh. I was expecting to, but I just—I was.
0: Strong for mother.
2: I wasn't even, you know, <laughs> it—it's
1: it, not really a tear joker as much as it is just, you know, it makes you feel—it makes you feel real good at the end.
2: That movie is—it is an emotionally draining roller coaster because it can be, I yeah. couldn't find his name on Reddit, but one of the top posts on the Reddit thread for this movie was: At any point in the last twenty minutes of that movie, it could have just ended.
1: Yeah, it did. Now, and it would have worked. You see, yeah. here's the issue that someone else brought up. it The ending kind of drags. It kind of has a return of the king sort of um, vibe to it, where, you know, you're like, just get on with it. Of course, I didn't have a problem with it. I think Don. Get
0: on with it. Don, I, like, I thought it was good,
1: yeah. Yeah, Don had more of an issue with it than I did. We went to see it together, but, um, but yeah, I didn't. I was kind of, you know, I'm like, just do it already. But the but yeah it's it is a emotionally draining yet it's ultimately uplifting film. Yeah. Mhm.
0: So. And y'all guess, need to watch it. Yes. So mm-hmm. this I guess at the buy this or you're dumb. Mm-hmm. I guess at, I guess at this point it's time to segue to our final thoughts on the film really quickly. um Who wants to go first on their final thoughts?
1: Because I think Megan, you wanted to comment on the Academy whole snub.
0: I want to go last. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I call dibs on
1: last.
0: All right. <laughs> Who's on first?
1: You go first, That's Bob. On first. Yeah.
0: This is one of the few rare times where I'm gonna where I go into something almost completely blind. Again, I only saw one trailer, uh, f- and it was for the English dub. So obviously, I knew who the two leads were, um, but really going into it, I I I was mesmerized the entire time not just from the film itself because God is it a wonderful film it's so beautiful and it has a really good story and characters and everything but the performances were phenomenal especially especially for Michael and Stephanie because the two had to carry that movie on their own and there was a lot of crazy things that happened in there and they carried it beautifully so I think this is a phenomenal film. I am so happy that it finally came to us in the mm. states. Yeah. And I am very, very happy because again, we're recording this ep- We're recording this uh, the weekend that it's going through its theatrical run. Thank you, Funimation, for bringing it to Boston and not just Cambridge, like all the other films you've done previously. Yeah. Because this is something I really, really wanted to see, and I'm so happy I got to. Um, I'm probably going to be starting a cycle of repetitiveness here, but if, you, if, if and when, when it does come out on DVD, because obviously it hasn't come out when we recorded this, if you don't buy this film, you're an idiot.
1: Yeah, yeah, and don't just buy the film, get the big, fancy collector's edition in the chipboard box with all the... Funimation, you
2: fucking hear me.
1: Yeah, they'd be fools if they didn't.
0: Yeah, Yeah. honestly.
1: Okay, so it's time for me? My turn? Yes. Go ahead. Um, Like I said, this is a really great film. Is it my favorite anime film? Probably not. Is it the best film I've ever seen? Not really. Do I think it really deserves all the accolades and, and to be like the single best selling anime film in japanese history do i think it deserves that probably not but i will say this my opinion of makoto shinkai as a director is mixed at best some of the stuff i've seen was pretty good a lot of it was just really slow and melodramatic and just not my thing this on the other hand is Shinkai at his absolute positive best. At Mm -hmm. no point in this movie did I ever feel bored. At no point did I ever feel like I was being preached to or, or, you know, if it... At no point nothing went over my head. I didn't feel like I... Like, Oshi is terrible about making you feel stupid while watching his movie. I did not feel like I was being preached to. I did not feel like I was being talked down to and there was a genuine warmth and humanity that sometimes these anime film auteurs their films just lack and
2: unless your name is Mamoru or something
1: yeah hosted mm-hmm. hosted is different but i mean i've seen i've watched films by oshi i've watched films by uh, oh. yeah and like miyazaki and this yep a lot of times you have, there's this emotional disconnect and, and the characters just are boring I didn't feel that here. I think on this time, Shinkai got it right. And I just thought it was a really, really great movie through and through. Are there some hiccups? Or could you nitpick some things out of it? Yeah, but you can do that for every movie. And I just have to say, it's really great. And if obviously if you're listening to this review and you haven't watched it, then we've spoiled everything and you're an idiot, so... Um, but anyways, go, yeah. watch go watch it, and yep. buy it when it comes out. And if yeah. it hasn't
0: come out by the time this goes up,
1: mm-hmm. and hopefully you actually saw it in the theaters during its one-week run, like we did, and uh, you can appreciate just as much as we do. So,
0: is
2: wonderful.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And now we free the film study student. Oh, oh boy! We free Megan. All, right, All right, here we Bring go. Bring the popcorn. So, so this is actually, despite owning Garden of Words and Five centimeters per Second. I've not actually got to watch them. Ah. So, this is the first time. I argued this with Steph in that I've seen enough five centimeter per second AMVs that I get the general gist of five centimeters per second. And I still <laughs> said <So> I, no. <laughs> she still says it doesn't count that I've seen it. Yeah. But I'm going to argue that I've seen it like a bajillion times in like cut up edited format.
0: Yeah, and kind of um, in that same vein, this is actually the first Mikoto Shinkai film that I've I, seen too. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've but only seen I, The Garden of Words.
0: Um, fun fact, that is a, a
2: tie-in to this movie. Hmm. Um, the teacher is the girl from the Garden of Words. Yep.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
2: And the, yep, she's the teacher, she's the girl from the Garden of Words, and the restaurant he works at, in Italian, is called the Garden of Words. Ah. But, that's not what I'm here to do. I'm not here to Easter egg. I, is this my favorite anime movie of all time? No, this is probably number three. Um... Number two of all things and everyone's going to call me high is probably The Boy and the Beast.
1: Mm.
2: Which, if that is my own personal subjective subjective view, that movie touches me in fucking phrasing um, <laughs> in ways that I did not <laughs> expect it to.
1: Oh my.
2: But this is a stronger film than it. My favorite anime movie of all time will still forever stand as Satoshi Kon's Millennium Actress. Yeah. I can agree I mean, with can- this fucking fight me. I will um, but... That is one of my... That is, like, one of my top four favorite movies of all time. But this is not the argument that I'm making. If you didn't know, Funimation did release this in the U.S. in a very, very limited run earlier this year to um, attempt to get this nominated for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. In which it was completely fucking snubbed, not even nominated, and given the middle finger by the goddamn Academy, who wouldn't know what a good animated movie is if it hit them upside the head and called them Daddy. Now, I do say that with a bit of grain of salt, they have nominated good films and awarded very, very good films for their awards. However, they are completely biased towards the evil, evil empire that is Disney Pixar. And if you did watch the Oscars this year, you know that Zootopia won the Oscar when it shouldn't have.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Zootopia itself is a good movie and it is a good movie with the message that for some god awful reason still needs to be stated to this day. But, when I left Your Name as a film, like Hardy said, I didn't feel preached to. I didn't feel talked down to. I didn't- that movie spoke to me as an adult filmgoer through animation as a movement. Mm -hmm. Zootopia beat me over the head with a fucking baseball bat. And while Zootopia- I do understand movies like Zootopia and Moana are good films- they did not take the amount of risks Shinkai took telling this story. Telling a body swap time travel romance that dealt with themes of coming of age, religion versus politics, um, old versus, old versus new culture. The idea that this is a very mature romance film told through gorgeous, stunning animation that can give Pixar and Disney a run for their CGI money. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Hand-drawn. That hand-drawn.
2: Hand-drawn. There is CGI in it, mm-hmm. and you can tell sometimes. Yeah. But this is still primarily hand-drawn film. I would put the technical work on this up there with Laika for Kubo, which mm. is the only other movie I would have accepted last year giving Shinkai a run for its money in terms of storytelling and visuals. Mm-hmm. I would say Your Name is a stronger story-told movie than Kubo is, because Kubo does have some trappings of Laika movies, in that if you've never seen Laika movies, they like to use pacifism as an end,
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Like, almost all of their movies end with pacifism. Right. Of some sort. Um, But the fact of it is, is that this should have been the Oscar for Best Animation last year. Mm Mm-hmm. This was a movie that I walked out of slack-jawed and wanting to go back and seeing it even if I had to watch it with the sub because I had to drive two hours to watch the dub.
0: Again, Megan is a trooper. <laughs> yep.
2: Um, you are a fucking idiot if you don't buy this.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm sorry. This is a movie that is going to define anime for the next ten years. Yeah. This yeah, is it. the standard at this point. Not only is it the highest grossing anime film, it is the highest grossing anime film in the world. It is not still yet the highest grossing dom- Japanese film domestically. I think something else is still ahead of it. But in the terms of the world market, it is number one now.
1: Yeah. Would you say it's up there in importance with movies yes. like Spirited Away or even Akira?
2: I think for the contemporary eight, yes. Mm -hmm. If Akira defined the eighties, I would say Ghost in the Shell defines the Mm nineties because I believe Ghost in the Shell is the original film, not the god awful American remake. Right, right.
1: We don't Um, talk about that here.
2: To which I will say this, Miles from Crunchyroll said it was worse than Dragon Ball Evolution. Um, if that defines the 90s and Spirited Away... I would say Spirited Away define Spirited Away and... Okay, no. Perfect Blue is, I believe, late 90s as well, right? right? Yes. Yeah. So, like, Perfect Blue and and Ghost in the Shell defines the 90s. Mm-hmm. Spirited Away, Hell's Moving Castle, uh, The Girl Who Left Through Time, I believe, is late 2000s, right?
1: Yeah, Mid that's... Mid to late 2000s, yeah. Yeah, that's the aughts.
2: If that... I would say that, yes, this is one of the important movies of 2010 onward. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have, like, looking what came out in that time, you have the three, oh, that's not three Ochi films, the three Hasoda films that are very prominent. You have Summer Wars. You have The Wolf Children, which still stands as one of the most emotional films that anybody will ever watch, they say. Mm -hmm. You have The Boy and the Beast, which is considered to be Hasoda's weakest film. You still have Shintai's five centimeters per second garden of words. You have Your Name, which is taking the world by storm. And there's obviously tons of other arguments. But at the same time, I'm hoping that Funimation did do, get a lot of good done with this movie in this weekend. Mm-hmm. Because not only is it important from a storytelling standpoint that if this movie does, does well, that hopefully the Academy in Hollywood will take animation seriously from japan and not just some tool to tangle and maim and neuter to make more money themselves because god knows that what like in five years this is going to get a shitty us remake yeah Mm. it's gonna get freaky friday to lose all of its teeth um that it does lead to animation being seen as a more viable medium for storytelling and does give disney a run for its money. I will admit, I feel Disney's been lazy in the last couple of years with their storytelling. Mm -hmm. And this is hopefully a push for them to make little less lazy stories. I don't think Zootopia is totally lazy. I do think that it does have a lot of good that it's going for. I just think it's way too ham-fisted. Right. And it's delivery. But I hope that this also financial success is something that lures more films over. As we are finishing up some of the movies, there's one other movie last year that has not come over to the U.S. that I really fucking want. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Silent Voice? Yep. Yeah. Watch, watch. Everyone it's else
1: cool. is already watching a silent voice. It's like, it's great, it's great. It, Meanwhile for, in America. it's essentially
2: Silent Voice. I believe it was a silent voice in this corner of the world in your name were the three frontrunners as... As movie, like the best
0: movie from Japan last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Watch, watch. In the next few months before the when this episode is we actually. We got fucking released. Book of the Atlantic before we got
2: fucking a silent voice. We got Black Butler Titanic Zombies.
0: <laughs> no, watch. What I'm saying is watch, by the time this, this finally goes up, us here with us here in April recording it, the end of August, watch, someone will announce it finally.
2: If this goes if if your if a silent voice gets announced before this video goes up, I will eat I will eat an entire roll of sushi. Oh. And I hate sushi. Oh, do oh. we get to pick what type? No. Uh, I take that back. Cause you're going to make me eat mackerel you bastard. <laughs> no. No. Have have Ark pick it.
1: Oh. No,
2: ew. He's going to make me eat something disgusting. Yeah. No. I don't if think a he silent would. voice Okay, if a silent voice gets up before this video comes up I will watch every part of K-On! Including the movie! Really? Oh, shit! And I hate that show! Uh
1: oh! I'm, I'm gonna tell you this right now Megan Cons- Reconsider if you hate it because I own K-On! And I will gladly share it with you
2: I hate, I fucking hate that show I understand God, I will I will watch. I will suffer through the endless aid of horror heat if I have to. Ooh, Any, no, no, and, no, 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 and, no, 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 no. That's not. That's anyways, not something we joke about. Rant over. Go see this movie. Buy it if, if you don't buy it, you're an idiot.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. Awesome. So on that note, if you are interested. Your in, name was robbed. <laughs> your name got robbed. Yeah. Uh, so, if you are interested in seeing this film, um, at the time of recording this in April, it is only on a one-week run in theaters. Um,
1: Basically, again, you missed it by this point.
0: You missed it come out of August. Um, we do not know if a physical release has been announced here in April. If it was at some point, um, I'll probably just put some text or something stating, hey, this is when it's going to come out. But, um, yeah, that's it at this point. That's it for uh, Summer at the Movies, and that's it for us. Mm-hmm.
1: It feels like we've gone through so much, even though we haven't recorded a single other episode yet.
2: Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) I can't wait to talk about
0: gay zombie Todd (laughs) Hapricorn. Yeah, we need to figure that out with lack. Uh, But anyways, um, if you're interested in any, of course, if you're interested in any of the other shenanigans that we do, um, you can follow Hardy on Twitter at SpaceManHardy. Uh, you mm-hmm. can follow Megan at Queen Era 2. You can follow me at Lilac Anime Review with a review being but R-E-V-U-E. Or if you want to just follow the Dub Talk podcast in general. Of course, the best way to follow us in terms of new episodes would be subscribing to this channel here. Um, and as well as being a follower on our Twitter at Dub Talk podcast. And a variety of our other social medias. Um, because we are also on Tumblr. We're also on Instagram. Uh... At the time of recording this, needs is working on a SoundCloud situation, Um, but that could be improved by the time this actually comes out. (laughs) Um, But anyway, uh, thank you so much for sticking with us all summer long uh, and catching us. I think it was was every week uh, with these different films and all of our Siskel and Ebert shenanigans that happened. if this is something oh, come and rock me, Amadeus. <laughs> oh lord! If if you want to see us do something like this again, let us know. Um, maybe we can make this a yearly thing where we revisit films and. New we got films a lot. We that. have to go. We have to go find more movies. We're gonna have to find more. Oh god! Oh no! When we start dipping into like a massive pool of Miyazaki films, that's when we're screwed. <laughs> um.
2: <laughs> I call dibs on the disappearance of Haruhi Suzumiya.
0: <sighs> Millennium <laughs> actress bitches, let's go. That isn't even dub That has no dub. Fuck, I forgot about that. Shh.
2: God, if Perfect did, blue. On- okay, perfect Funimation blue. Funimation Rescue, please.
0: Just <laughs> perfect watch. blue. We're going
1: to do a dub versus dub review of Akira. Oh,
0: no. Oh, no. That's
1: going to be interesting.
0: That's going to have to be a thing. Um, but anyways, thanks for sticking around with us all summer with these fun little movies. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. And until next time, guys, otaku on, my friends. Keep it manly. President, take what I've loved, we get to this
2: color and give the kiss to time.